Alright, how are you guys doing? Let me just get myself set up. How are you guys doing? You're allowed to talk? You're allowed to talk to me? Good. It's so nice to have this like extended summer. Does anybody agree? Well, all the winter people are like, no, I want it to be winter. Um, but it kind of leads on to what I wanted to ask you. Have you ever been out in the summer and just felt really overwhelmed by the heat? Anybody? Um, for me, it's the constant sweating. And like, this might be TMI, but you know, you're showering and then you're drying yourself and you're not sure if it's the water from the shower or if you've just already started sweating first thing in the morning. Am I the only one? No? Awesome. That's good to know. Um, but I had an experience over this summer. We went home. I grew up in Gisborne. Um, and so we went back home to, I still call it home, sorry, um, visit my family. And we took the kids to the park. And that's his parent code for the kids need to burn off some energy, right? Yep. And so they had all the energy and I did not. I was feeling hot and bothered and overwhelmed and I just really needed some place to rest. So I sent the kids off on the merry way and I went to find a tree, a nice piece of shade. Um, and there were lots of trees because it was the botanical gardens, but I'm a type one Enneagram. And so I didn't just want any old tree, I wanted like the perfect piece of shade. And, and that tree had to have good shade, it had to have big shade, lots of shade, not patchy, no little bits of sun coming through. Um, it had to have nice lush grass underneath, no prickles, no needles or things falling or those evil little prickly ball things that I don't know why God made those. Um, but people would have probably thought that I was a bit strange because you get people watchers at the park and I was walking around finding, I was on a mission to find this perfect piece of shade. And so I wasn't just walking around how you do in the park, like I was literally like strolling around the park like a chicken, like staring at the ground, like to this tree, no, that grass is ugly. And I came over to this one, like, no, that shade's gonna move and then the sun will come, like, no. No, that one's too damp, and if I sit there, then my butt's going to get wet. And so I like, went walking all around this park to find the perfect piece of shade. And I tried a bunch of trees, and props looked a bit crazy. But I did find that piece of shade, and I lay down under that tree, like fully lay down, and had a really good rest while the kids burnt off the energy. Um, and we learnt in the Endgame series that the Bible has lots of symbolism, and it also has lots of stories and parables and metaphors to do with plants, um, hence the title planted. Um, so there's the parable of the mustard seed, there's the vine, there's the fig tree. Um, you will have heard lots of stories in the Bible about plants. And so I want us to look at Isaiah chapter 61, um, and I want to focus on verse 3, which is a verse that I learned as a kid through a song, um, and you might start singing it in your head if you know it. Uh, but I want to start at verse 1 because it just gives us a bit more context. So it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favour has come and with it the day of God's anger against the enemies. And this is verse 3. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing 
instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they, which means us, will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. So from that we learn that you and I are symbolically, we're trees, right? So everybody say, we are trees. We are trees. We got it. You're with me. Um, So if we are trees, then the people around us are trees. And the story that I shared with you about hunting around in that park can be symbolic of us emotionally and spiritually just searching for somewhere to have a rest, searching for a place to get out of the heat of the sun, to just get some relief. And so if we are trees and then other people are trees in our lives, then we can go to them in hard seasons. And kind of like what Pastor Trinity was just talking about, just sit in their presence and sit in God's presence in that. And so we can sit in their shade, in their shelter, in their love, in their prayer, in their guidance, just like I sat under that tree in the park. And they're those friends who you can go to who you don't have to have it all together. Have you got those friends? I hope you've got those friends. For me, some of them are sitting on the front row and in the congregation. But they're those friends who you don't have to be perfect around. You don't have to put up a front or have it all together. And you can be honest and open with them and just tell it like it is. And they're a safe place where you can have some rest, where you can just go when things are getting hard and make that phone call like, I'm really struggling. Can we get coffee? Those are those kind of friends. And that's that shade that I talk about that we can sit under. And it helps us to get perspective and it helps us to get refreshed for a little while. So when I ask you, if we're trees, then what kind of tree are you? You know, I went for a walk around the park when I was looking for the shade. And are you one of those manicured trees in the perfectly straight lines with all of the other trees that are exactly the same and everything is in line and symmetrical and there's a little sign underneath that says, don't walk on the grass? Or are you a tree that is like overgrown in the forest and the thicket and you can't even see or you can't even get to the tree, let alone sit under it? Or are you one of those big old trees that you find by the beach a lot that's outlasted all the other trees and it's crooked and it's bent because it's been in the wind and it's been in the weather and it's got lots of stories to tell and pieces to climb and everyone comes and sits under and has picnics. Like what, what, if you were a tree, what would you be like? What's your shade like? I was searching for some shade to rest under, but what's your shade like? Do people come to you to find a listening ear? Are you a cool relief from the heat of the sun? Are you always too busy? Do you feel like you're not big enough or good enough to provide that shade for people? Just some things for you to ponder, but if we are trees of righteousness, like it says in Isaiah, then how do we become a good tree of righteousness? And everybody knows how trees grow. This is not a new thing. They all grow from seeds. We're going to go back to, like, childhood science. Trees grow from seeds, right? And they need nutrients and they need water and a place to grow. And many plants grow better alongside other plants. And they need that right environment. And so we're going to look at Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus is sharing a parable with a large crowd, and he's talking about 
the farmer who planted seeds, who scattered seeds, and you'll probably be familiar with it. You know, some of the seed fell on the footpath and the birds just came and ate it because it didn't even actually make it to the dirt. And some fell where the roots couldn't grow through the rocky ground and the plant grew, but it wilted in the sun because its roots couldn't go deep enough into the soil. And some seed fell among thorns and weeds that grew up and just choked it to death, basically. And then some of the seed fell on fertile soil, which produced a crop. Um, but I want to read from further on in the, in the chapter where Jesus is, is breaking it down. He's explaining it a little bit more. And so from verse 19, it says, The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Verse 20, the seed on rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long and they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Verse 22, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. And verse 23, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. And so we see in there three things that can stop us being planted because we are trees, we are plants, remember? Um, so in verse 19, we see not understanding. And so when we don't understand things, we need those friends that I talked about earlier who you can go to and say, hey, I was reading this, and I just don't get it. Can you tell me what it means? Or can you point me in the direction of a good commentary or a good book to read to help me? We need those people in our lives. And that's why connect groups are so important. Um, making connections with a variety of people is so good for us and so necessary because some people will be further on in their journey and they can share some advice. A classic example is we had other Daughters Connect group, if you're free on a Thursday morning, ladies, come and join us. Um, and we sat with Sally, who is so wise and so experienced. And she was, at, I nicknamed it Story Time with Sally. Sorry, Sally. Um, <laughs> But she just shared all these stories that was so on point with what I needed to hear at the time. And we need those people in our lives where, hey, Sally, I don't get this piece of the scripture. Or, hey, Pastor Trin, I don't get what this means. Can you explain it to me? We need to have those relationships with people where we can go and just ask the questions. Amen? So the second thing we see in verse 21 is the shallow root system. And so plants with shallow roots aren't mature, even if they may look like it above the ground. They aren't accessing the nutrients they need, which are deeper in the soil, and they focus their energy on what is seen above the ground, but they fall over. That's the fruit of, you know, you can see the proof in the pudding of a plant that doesn't have a deep root system, is when the wind comes, it just falls over. And so once my mum was, we, she had planted some flowers and I was admiring the colours of the flowers. I was like, oh man, these are so pretty. Look, mum, we grew some plants because 
we didn't often have a like lush garden like some gardeners. And she came along and she picked them off. And I was like, whoa, hold on, what are you doing? We just grew these flowers. Why are you picking them off? And she was like, no, we need to pick them off so that the plant can focus its energy on growing its roots and growing the stems that are going to hold up the flowers. But if they're focusing on growing a flower now, it's not going to get mature enough to last. And so Christian maturity isn't about how long we've been a Christian, um, but it's about the depth of our growth and the health of our relationships. Because, you know, a plant has a relationship with the soil. It has a relationship with the plants around it and to the sun, and so do we. And growth happens when we dig deep and we find stuff that's going to fuel us Um, that's going to grow those roots so that when the hard times come, we're not just going to blow over at a puff of wind. And a sign of a mature Christian isn't what they're like when the weather is good, but how we respond in hard times. And the root system can't be seen. And sometimes we can be like that flower that focused all its energy on what was seen above the ground. But what we need to be focusing on is how deep the root system goes to access those nutrients that are going to hold us in the ground when the hard times come. And in verse 22, we see the third example of things that can choke our growth, and that's the thorns and the weeds. And these can just swamp a plant and kill it. And we need to be diligent in regularly weeding out the things that are choking our growth, whether it's bad thinking or toxic relationships, unhealthy habits, the pursuit of wealth, whatever it might be. Um, these things can just take over without us realizing if we're not diligently weeding them out. And trees are made to be fruitful, and so they do better with sunlight and water and when they're along, uh, alongside other trees for strength and support. And an example of this is the redwood tree, and I looked into it a little bit, and they, they grow super tall and strong because they grow close to one another. And beneath the surface, all of their roots are intertwined and locked together. And it is through this that they all remain strong because if one, if the wind comes and blows, tries to blow one over, they literally have hold of that tree by the root system and they're able to support it and they're able to share nutrients so that that tree is supported until it's stable enough, until the wind has passed, until it can establish itself again, which is pretty amazing. And that's a picture of us where we need to be alongside others and growing our root system and being interlocked and intertwined with other people's lives so that when we go through a hard season, they can literally hang on to us and hold us until that passes. And that might be all well and good talking about these plants and how they work, but practically... How do we grow our root system and stay planted? And so apart from coming to church regularly, finding a connect group and building relationships with other solid Christians, um, the Bible tells us that we should hear the word. And in Matthew chapter 13, verse 9, it says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And the amount of times that I say to my kids, listen, And once I've given an instruction, like, look at me, look at me, do you understand? 
And I feel like, I don't know, it might just be me, but I feel like maybe this could be the tone of this verse. Like anyone with ears should hear and under, or should listen and understand. And so we should be hearing the word, uh, reading it, find a version that you understand, uh, study it, memorize it, make a time that you can dedicate to reading the word. Because we do it for other things, you know, this is gym time, this is when we have breakfast. Um, schedule it in, put it in your calendar if you have to, and read it with other people. I love doing reading plans in new version and hearing what other people get out of scripture because you can get lots of different perspectives on the word and it grows us. That's how we interlock our root systems with other people. Ask questions if you don't understand. Find reputable teachers and commentaries because please don't Google because anybody can put anything on the internet. If you need recommendations, um, these two in the front row, I don't know, I might be able to help you. Find good teachers, good solid teachers who are going to teach you the truth of the word. Um, and if what the Bible says challenges you, don't just like block your ears. I feel like my children do that sometimes, like, I don't want to listen to you if we're being challenged on something. But we welcome it. So the first, we hear the word. Secondly, we welcome it. And in Mark chapter 4, verse 20, it says, um, it's talking about the same parable that we just read. And it says, And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. But the key words there are hear and accept. Because we can hear stuff but not listen to it. You know what I mean? Am I making sense today? Okay, and sometimes we can be a little bit prideful when it comes to welcoming correction from the word because there's the Psalms, you know, where it's beautiful and we feel encouraged and then there's the Proverbs where we need a little bit of help, you know, and we have to welcome all of it, all of the scripture, not just the, you know, I heard a saying about hunting and pecking, how chickens just like hunt and peck around for what they want and we can't do that with the word we have to take all of it. We can't just like look it up and find the piece that we like and take that. We have to read things in context, essentially. And Pastor Chen shared a, a picture of a bag that read, I can do all things through a scripture taken out of context. And we can, but we have to read the word in context so we know what it meant back then. And then we can apply it to maybe that part wasn't even meant to be for us. You know what I mean? So we have to read it in context. So we hear the word. Everybody say, hear the word. We welcome it. And then we produce fruit. And in John chapter 15, verse 5, it says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me will produce, oh, and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so when we read the word and we welcome it, we're creating that fertile ground. There were the three examples in the parable of things that are going to hold us back from growth. But the last one was the fertile ground, and that's where that plant produced fruit for days. And so we want to have fertile ground in our lives so that we can grow to be trees of righteousness, right? But it takes humility to be able to weed out the bad things, to lay down the offenses, to choose to forgive, 
to prune out the wrong thinking. We need to be honest with ourselves about the state of our root systems so that we can do what we need to in order for it to grow. But if it means fruitfulness, then all those hard things, you know, welcoming correction, looking at the word and saying, oh, yeah, I didn't do that right. I'm sorry, God, I need to, I need to do that better. That's not, that's not nice to hear. We don't always like correction, right? But it's necessary to produce fruit. I was playing golf on Wednesday with a lovely lady called Karen, and it had been raining, and so the ground was a little bit muddy in places. And she hit this like beautiful shot. I didn't actually watch her hit it, but I saw it fly onto the green. Great shot. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, I just got a face full of mud. And she had gotten all this mud spray back in her face. And as she's wiping it off, she was like, oh, yuck. And I was like, Karen, it was worth it. Like, look at your shot. She was like, oh, yeah, okay. And she wiped it off her face. And sometimes we can just look at the mud on our faces and forget that the shot was great. It was worth it. And so don't get caught up on the mud on your face. If things and correction and words that we don't want to hear that are going to be good for us, don't get caught up in all the mud that's splattered in your face, but look at the shot that was produced. It's worth it to produce fruit. And so I say all of that to say, we can provide a shady spot like I was looking for. We can become a tree of righteousness. And that's not just about ourselves. Um, like I was wandering around the park looking for a place to rest. There's people out there who are wandering around in search of that rest for their souls. And there are people who don't know Jesus. There are um, people who are crying out for something and they're not sure what it is yet, but it's Jesus. And God's plan for them to receive salvation is us. It's you and it's me. And we can provide that shady spot that people can rest in to find relief, to just have a rest. Because if you started talking to me about all the things, Anna, you're at the park and your kids are playing, but it's really hot and I know that you're like sweating and you want to rest. But when you get home, you need to vacuum and you need to cook the dinner. I would have been like, shut up. I just want to rest. Just give me a minute. But there are people out there who might need that correction and need to know the things they need to do. But first they just need to rest. First they just need to get into God's presence. And we can help people to do that by growing our root systems and becoming that tree of righteousness. Because everybody needs a shady spot to find relief. You know when God asks us, there's a Whitney Houston song that has these lyrics, when the um, Lord asks me what I did with my life, I will say, she says something else, but what will you say when the Lord asks you what you did with what you were given? What did you do with your shade? Will we have a list of people that we introduced to Jesus? Will the Lamb's Book of Life have more names in it because we gave people a place to rest? You know, there are people in need of encouragement. It doesn't have to be rocket science. It doesn't have to be a three-point sermon or theology or eschatology. Some people just need a place to rest and a listening ear to listen to what they're going through, to hear that they are good parents, to give them tips on how to become a good one, 
to be encouraged that God has an awesome plan for them. It's really simple. God needs us to call out the good in people, to notice their strengths and to encourage them, to see their potential and to nurture it, to be there like that shady space where they can rest and where they can grow. And that's what giving shade to others is. When we're thriving, well-planted trees will be able to give that space for people to do what that song we sang this morning, to, to get into his presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. People need the chance to do that, and we can help them along in that. Can I get the band up? And that's how forests are created. When taller trees provide shade for other trees to grow, where root systems are so deep and intertwined that um, they can share and have a collective community, that's where unity happens, that's where strength happens, and that's what the church should be. That's why we plant ourselves in church, so that we can intertwine our root systems. And I've talked about plants all morning, but I need you to catch that, that we need to be in connection with people. We need to have healthy relationships. If we're focusing on what is growing above the surface and the pretty flowers and not focusing on what is beneath the surface, then we can't be there for other people. And I've seen so many Christians falling over at the first puff of wind. And we need to be intentional about focusing on the depth of our root systems. We've got to remain planted because the world needs us. And so we read the word. It's a simple message, but we read the word. We welcome it. And we have new growth. We be fruitful. And that's how our shade increases. And that way when we talk with someone who walks in here feeling discouraged, we have a verse. Because, hey, I read this verse and it sounds like what you're going through. Can I share it with you? Can I pray for you? And that's how we can speak life into situations. I found the more that I dedicate time to reading the Word, the more I can do that. I was reading this morning, and I just have this encouragement for you. I feel like God wants you to know that you're a great parent. I feel like God wants you to know that uh, He's got a plan for you, and you're doing great. Just keep going. Hey, do you want to have a coffee? Because... I can see you're having a bit of a hard time. Do you, I can listen. I can, I've, got, I've got two ears and one mouth. I can listen twice as much as I talk. And sometimes we don't do that and give people space to, to tell us what's going on. But the reason that we can be trees of righteousness is because of Jesus. You know, leading up to Easter, Jesus was the ultimate tree of righteousness to give shade to the whole world. And the end of Isaiah in verse 3, it talks about being trees of righteousness, but that wouldn't happen. You know, that can take place because of what happened in the verses before. And in the verses before, I'm going to remind you, before a tree was even mentioned, it talks about an exchange. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give you a crown of beauty for ashes. That's an exchange that is taking place, and a really good one. A joyous blessing instead of mourning. 
feast of praise instead of despair. And we can reflect on that exchange that takes place because it's through Jesus and what he did at the cross that we can have that exchange, that we can come with ashes and sorrow and sin and shame and anxiety and depression and poverty. And we can leave with beauty and joy and festive praise. We can walk in those doors feeling down and like we've lost our hope, we've lost our purpose. And we can leave a new creation because of what Jesus did on the cross. And in that we can give him glory at the end of that verse that says that we are trees of righteousness planted by God. You were planted by God so that he could receive the glory. And we can have rest in Jesus ourselves, the ultimate tree of righteousness. And if we are oaks of righteousness like it talks about, then he is the tallest tortara in the forest. And he even died on a tree so that he could give shade to the world. A place that we can come and find rest. For every person who is struggling, for every person who's lost hope, Jesus is offering that exchange where we can put on a garment of praise and it's a garment sometimes we have to choose to put on praise. We have to choose to be joyful. And so I can sense that there may be some people who, like Pastor Trinity was talking about and like we're going to sing, who just need to get caught up in God's presence and to sit in His shade and lay down the stuff that's been holding us back. Offenses, hurt, anger. There's all these things that are holding us back. And we can just sit in the shade of God's tree and pour it out at His feet. So why don't you stand to your feet and close your eyes this morning. Are we going to resolve to be planted, come to the altar and lay stuff down. And I was thinking this morning, what a privilege it is to be able to come into his presence this morning, to lay everything at his feet. And when we focus on him, when we don't focus on what's going on in our lives, when we just want him, then all of that stuff doesn't matter when we come and sit at his feet and get into his word, we grow. We can tend to other people. And so God, I want to pray this morning for anybody who needs that shade, who just is in need of a place to rest right now. I just speak your peace over them in Jesus' name. And if that's you, as we sing later, why don't you just come down the front and just lay it at his feet. This is a place, there is shade at the altar to lay it at his feet this morning. But if you know that maybe your root system this morning isn't what it should be, then I want you to place your hand in your heart this morning and I'm going to pray. God, I thank you that you planted us, that you thought of us, that you intentionally planted 
a seed and that's us. And so I thank you, God, that you're going to see that fruit into a tall tree. I thank you that we can be trees of righteousness because you planted us, God. I thank you that we can come to your word, that we can come into your presence, that we can lay at your feet and we can grow. We can leave a different person. We can become a new creation. And so God, help us to be open to the correction that your word brings. Where it stings, God, help us not to notice the mud on our faces, but to notice the growth that it's bringing. And so God, we lay it at your feet this morning.